It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. From the Middle is a proud founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 113 of From the Middle. We are three middle-class guys living in the middle of America and the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. If you're tuning in for the first time, we're a comedy, culture, entertainment, and interview-style podcast, which basically means we're idiots and just talk about what we want to talk about. And in this episode, we talk about a couple things. We talk about ghost kitchens, the Summer Olympics, we talk about Monster Jam and college football. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you love this episode. <laughs> oh, for the love. Sorry, just clearing my Mountain Dew hole. I got my phone hole clean today. That's where you keep it? You're so cerebral and you're so developed and evolved. Hey guys, it is so good to see you. It, it, it's it been a week. How are you? What's up? Happy belated birthday, Kendall. Yeah, thank you. Did you have a good birthday? What'd you do? I did. Uh, well, I did nothing, but um, oh, I feel like as, as a lot of birthdays tend to be, it was centered around food. And so mm. that was... That was all good, including so there's a lot of good food, and then there's something that I've been wanting to try, which was uh, Guy Fieri's Flavor Town Kitchen. It is it is a ghost restaurant of Guy Fieri's, and a legitimate one. There's fake ghost restaurants out there, as I'm sure a lot of people are aware of, who like DoorDash or Uber Eats all the time. They're like, man, there's a lot more DoorDash out here. When the reality, of what it is, is like. You're the new chicken tender place that just popped up is actually like Outback Steakhouse just selling their chicken tenders under a different name. Um, but uh, I didn't know this was going on. You didn't know this was going on? No, that's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, no joke. That's so the concept of a ghost kitchen um, is where you essentially have an online delivery only restaurant and Oftentimes, I mean, sometimes those are coming out of out of just like a warehouse kitchen somewhere. Sometimes they're actually coming out of a restaurant that this place is contracted with. Um, in the case of Guy Fieri's Flavor Town Kitchen, it's coming out of Brio. So the Brio Kitchen is is who's making Guy Fieri's stuff. Um, 
but yeah, so that's going on. But then there's also restaurants that are like just piecing out their menu. So you can order, you know, for example, Outback Steakhouse or you find this other restaurant that's like it's like chicken tender shack and uh and that's just something created by outback steakhouse to sell more chicken tenders why do these chains have to ruin everything for some reason it feels it's more like i mean that's how spencer sailor started right i mean that's what he was doing with 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 the underground pizza thing and we've talked ad nauseum about that and that's cool that's like an individual with some ambition and gumption putting themselves out there and trying to get the proverbial ball rolling i had no idea chains were going wait a minute yeah (laughs) what could we get away with and if if so like the texas roadhouse rolls that you could call it bill's bakery just send those suckers (laughs) over to my house so i love it and i hate it (laughs) yeah it's it is interesting. I I'm okay with like what Guy Fieri's doing because that's a a legitimate different menu, like full menu and different stuff that Brio would not sell you. And uh, like we're, like Brio's not going to sell you a mac and cheese cheeseburger. So you saying he has nothing to do with this, or he does? He does. Okay. He does. Okay. It's his it's his restaurant. It's his concept. Okay. He actually he because I looked into it. He co-owns a restaurant with a uh, a guy who owns a family of restaurants, which includes Brio. Okay, and so that's the connection. And and so this guy, this guy uh, sees through Guy Fieri's concept. Also, famous YouTuber Mr. Beast has a yeah. burger concept. Yeah, this guy also oversees that. Um, I don't know where Mr. Beast burgers are being made. Maybe that's Brio as well. Wow. But so you had the Guy Fieri food. Yeah. Is the moral of that story. And how was it? It, it was good. It was very interesting. Most of what we tried was was fantastic. Um so like I, they they have a mac and cheese cheeseburger, which has actually won awards. Um, and so I tried that. It was it was delicious. They have they have a uh like a Philly cheesesteak egg roll. Yes, please. It's like it's like kind of stuff that you'd be like, well, yeah, that sounds like something Guy Fieri would come up with. He has a Cajun chicken Alfredo. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, it's it's like it's like some of that, that that I've talked about so much with food is like, why aren't people doing this? That sounds amazing. Have a Cajun flavored Alfredo. Guy Fieri's doing it. He's doing it. So, yeah. So I interesting. Mean, and and talking about how the. Like that's not what ghost kitchens are supposed to be. I just saw an article about some company out of Columbus, Ohio, that's going to buy like 15,000 Airbnbs and like consolidate them under one giant company. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of why Airbnb was invented. Like just make small hotels then. Like that's, that's I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I'm going to hire and buy up like 36 Uber drivers and we're going to paint all the cars yellow. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Guy Fieri's is different. That's an actual like concept. That's a different kind of food. But yeah, if Outback is just like funneling chicken tenders out the back door to to a delivery driver, like that's not that's that's not like what a ghost kitchen is. <laughs> yeah, I got I got chicken tenders once from this chicken tender place, and I looked it up and found out what was going on, and that's what I read. So I guess I I mean. I don't know. I'm the source. So take it with a grain of salt, but it makes sense to me. 
um, from a marketing perspective, even but like, yeah. So I order chicken tenders from like, from like chicken tender shack or whatever it was called. It was something like that. And it even shows up in an Outback Steakhouse bag. <laughs> They're just the fulfillment center. Yeah. And I thought it was weird. Like I was looking at their menu and I'm like, all they have are chicken tenders and fries. That's literally 100% of the menu. There's nothing else. Um, they'd probably give it away if they had like a blooming onion on there, but <laughs> I wonder if that's their way to just funnel off and sell slightly cheaper because if they label it outback, they've got to probably sell it at the same price versus like a company that makes bread selling it to Walmart to slap Walmart's label on it. They can sell it slightly cheaper to Walmart, but they're still moving volume. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be it. Like we can mark our chicken tender meal down from twelve ninety nine to eight ninety nine. And we're going to still make money moving a bunch of chicken tenders. Well, and I feel like they kind of kick themselves in the foot because it's like, because when, when I, when I got them, um, my first thought was, this is just a ghost kitchen and Outback Steakhouse is fulfilling it or whatever. That was my first thought. And then I'm eating the chicken tenders and I'm like, because I'm expecting this place, chicken tenders is all they do. Right. So I'm excited to get like, these might be the best chicken tenders I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I eat them. I'm like, no, these are dried, crusty chicken tenders that I would get from like a, from like a D level restaurant somewhere. And I do some, I do some research. I'm like, that's exactly what I got. (laughs) I got got the kids menu from, Anyway, they might have great roles and what they've done with the onion is revolutionary, but I'm otherwise not a fan. <laughs> so the Fieti food was awesome. And, and, uh, was awesome. The rest of your, and I want to give a big, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, cousins lobster, uh, food truck, which is amazing. If there's, if you see one around you, stop where you're going, buy it, buy one, buy one, go up there, give them money, a lot of money, unfortunately, because a lobster roll is going to run you $20, Um, but amazing. Yeah. Nice, man. A food centered birthday sounds like a win. So happy birthday, man. It's, It's good to see you. Dill, what's up with you, my bro? I love things in tortillas. Baja Blast. Wait, wait. Baja Blast. <laughs> I'm going to drink this whenever Dylan talks. Great. I love tortillas and things in tortillas. And I had French fries and beef and nacho cheese in a tortilla for dinner tonight with other things. <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a great day. I got no complaints. Talk Is about- Guy Fieri over at your house? Not a ghost kitchen. You might have heard of them before. They're called Taco Bell and they have the loaded taco, uh, the, the, what is it? The loaded taco fries and loaded taco fries burrito. That's what I had. And it was delicious. So so drink up your Baja Blast and you, anyone who's listened for a while would probably think that we're like paid by Taco Bell on the side. Like they mail us checks and they're an unofficial sponsor, but it's not true. It is we're not. just we're just legit fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least one of us. So that's uh, where we are. Yeah. Good. Uh, we went to a wedding yesterday. That was lovely. A nice outdoor wedding. The weather couldn't have been honestly probably any better. And uh, yeah, just just excited. We're gonna we're gonna be doing later today, which we'll post about in the future. We're gonna be doing a fun little mashup with another podcast that'll come out down the road. I'm excited about that. 
And uh, yeah, things are going good. That's awesome. You guys know that the NBA finals happened as uh, and the Olympics are on. Is anybody watching any of that? (laughs) (laughs) Olympics, yes. NBA finals, (laughs) no, I I did not. Well, I I saw in the news what happened, but was not watching it. What happened in the finals? I didn't I didn't see the final. Bucks won. Bucks. Okay. I I sometimes feel like I don't know if it's because I'm just so into the geek culture things that I'm into, or I don't run in circles where people really care about these things. I mean, my wife cares about the NBA finals, but like, clearly it's popular. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. cheering and there's a lot of it going on, but like, I don't hear many people talking about it in the circles I run in and the things I read. And I just, I I sometimes always feel like, oh yeah, that huge main thing is happening and I couldn't care less. Yeah. No, I've been watching Olympics um, quite a bit, actually. There's been a couple of things that have made news, right? It's like the Sabone, Sabone, Sabone Biles uh, story. Um, Hats off to her as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's what I'll say. Say that, uh, but I was actually kind of worried going into the Olympics. As I, and I think a lot of the numbers, because the, the numbers I think for the Olympics are down. Um, and I was afraid with like all the political brouhaha surrounding um pro athletes these days could turn a lot of people off to wanting to mm-hmm. watch the Olympics. And I was worried about it, it was hard for me to get excited about watching the Olympics. But then I start watching them and and I, I'm reminded like why I love the Olympics. Right. Like, I, I mean, I can watch basketball anytime. I'm not watching the Olympics to watch Team USA play basketball. I could care less about that. I want to see like skeet shooters getting super excited because, <laughs> you know, they, they had to take leave off of work to go compete in the Olympics. And like, those are the people I want to watch. Some genuine like excitement and and their moment to shine. And, um, and there's a lot of that that happens in the Olympics and these podunk sports that I otherwise never get to see or hear about. Um, That's my theory about, about some of the Olympics. I think less people care about them than watch them because what I think the Olympics is really good at doing is giving you some background on the history of the sport. And then they will highlight certain athletes much like they do with the voice or America's got talent, right? Where you're like, let's learn about bill bills from a small town in Boise, Idaho. And during the day he that, 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 right. So now you're emotionally invested. And then you're like, Oh, I love the Olympics because they're really good at making you care about these people and their stories for table tennis or for like rowing or whatever. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think you wouldn't, a lot of people, at least again, this is just, this is called from the middle, right? We have a centrist point of view on these things. I think there are a lot of people who wouldn't, Hey guys, set your alarms or let's make sure we DVR the Olympics tonight. But they're like, ah, it's on, it's a big deal. And then you get drawn in to these really compelling stories or the coaches, or this is her third year back and the first year she broke her leg. And you're just like, Oh, this is amazing. So we were uh, on vacation last week in North Carolina at Topsail Island. 
And every night after we would come in from the beach and have dinner and shower, we would just turn on the Olympics and all five of us really enjoyed watching it. But again, it wasn't like I went, oh yeah, the Olympics are on this week. Let's make sure we're on on the couch every night so we can catch what happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think um, I, I felt the same way. Like <clears throat> I've probably watched more swimming and diving and stuff than anything else. It's just how it's happened so far. And, you know, they're telling you a story about somebody from, well, they went to this one and they were going to win and their diving partner got hurt or this, you know, and now they're trying, they've, they went three Olympics in a row and they never won a medal and they're trying a new partner. And, um, you know, it's just some of those stories, you know, it's feel good stories, right? Like we want to, yeah. you know, you want to tune in, you want to feel good. It humanizes the rest of the world in a way that we don't normally get in the news. Sure. And, you know, you're just seeing young people generally who are excited to be there. Um, not and and not all young there was the one was it the gymnast this is like their sixth yeah. or seventh or eighth olympics like they had pictures of her at like the 92 or 96 olympics and she's competed every four years like it's wild um and so super cool but i i think it's exactly that it's just like they give you great background, really succinct, nice stories. Obviously, they know what athletes have better stories than others because they know who they want to highlight as like interesting pieces. Um, and it just makes you it gets you a little excited about other cultures and other parts of the world, too, as they kind of talk about, you know, oh, they're from this little village here. And, you know, they've been training their whole life or this country has never won a gold before. And now you've got a Filipino weightlifter who, you know, got the first gold in Philippines history and. Um, I, stuff like that's cool, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to watch unfold and, and obviously NBC knows how to tell the story. One of my friends posted last week, Jeremy, shout out to Jeremy Ketterman. He said, I feel attacked by the Olympics. They keep saying things like, well, he's not that tall. He's only six, four. And at 33 years old, he's the oldest competitor here. And he may be past his prime, but he's still hanging in there. <laughs> like feel so attacked. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet to the effect of like in all the sports they need one extra lane that they can for like Colin from the pub just to like get a sense of what <laughs> the everyman like I want to you know just just for the guys talking crap at the bar like I could do like okay we're gonna open up an extra lane for you Colin go ahead and take a run <laughs> and we'll see inside everybody else that's such a good point we need the average bar <laughs> I yeah. I want to see Samantha from the Olympics or Samantha from my office who says she could dive as good as, you know, the, the gold medalist Chinese divers. <laughs> that is, that is a remarkable idea. Yeah. People would love that idea. Yeah. And, and what That's, would you call I'll it? volunteer? You, you need a name for that person, that competitor, the jester. <laughs> I don't, it's like, can you just imagine the announcers like, okay, and now we have our everyman competitor. This is Dave. He's from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, he's going to be going ahead and running the uh, 400 meter. And he's like, he's 60 yards in and he's like killed over, like gasping for air. And then we'd get a real sense of like, okay, now I'm even more impressed by what these people are doing. <laughs> I absolutely love this. My family's idea. at the Finger Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this idea. And, and it reminds me of a story that happened on vacation. So Kendall, a few weeks back, you were talking about, you know, trying to lose a little bit of weight and get in shape. And a few years ago, while at the beach, I discovered that I had developed enough of a gut to use it as a bodyboard. 
You guys know what the body boards are at the beach, like the little boogie boards. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's like a third or a half of the size of a surfboard, and it's usually made of styrofoam or high density foam. And you just put your torso on it and ride the wave instead of standing. Well, I have enough of a gut that I don't require one of those at all. <laughs> I can just I can just get my gut in the front curl of the wave, and it will carry me all the way up to. <laughs> And so Lily, my 14 year old and I are way out. I mean, we're, we're past, we're beyond where the waves start breaking. Right. So I said, do you know, I could use my belly as a boogie board. She goes, no, you can't. I said, do you want to bet that I can ride a wave all the way in to the beach? She goes, sure. So I wait, wait, wait for the next best wave. And I just shove myself forward, arms forward. And I'm like, I know that I've got it. Like I'm really buoyant and it's really taking me. And I'm like, I'm going to stay face down to as long as I possibly can. And just like stand up wherever I am to show her how far I made it. Even if it means I'm in two inches of water. So the, the, the highest intensity part of the wave is already over. And now I'm just kind of slowly making my way up the beach. Yeah. When I bump into some legs <laughs> and this woman goes, ah! <laughs> and here's this, here's this fat white guy on his belly, just slowly, <laughs> slowly beaching, slowly beaching himself. And I go, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to show my, Never mind. Sorry. So I stand up and wave at Lily. She's like, you were right. <laughs> So I'm who we need in that lane. I'm who we need in that lane. Yes, and this is Corey from Sunbury, Ohio. He's just discovered he can use his gut as a boogie board. Let's see how he does in the 200. <laughs> there, there is. So surfing is new this year. There is surfing. So you could be that. You could be the everyman with the surfers. Somebody standing on my back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It was great. Oh, boy. Uh, Speaking of swimming, what's up with that horn, Kendall? Horn? The horn. There's horn. this annoying air oh, horn. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So, yeah, you read the note that I forgot about. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I wanted to, I, I, I was sitting here watching the Olympics, and I don't know if anybody else, I don't think you guys probably have because you, it doesn't sound like you've been watching much. But I'm watching swimming. And there's like every single race, there's somebody with an air horn. Hang, hang, hang. Yeah. Hang. And I, I don't know if like it seriously bugs me. Like I'm trying to watch the Olympics like at midnight. My family's in bed and I have volume at a normal level. And then I find myself like rushing to find the remote to mute the TV because the yes. stupid air horn. Yes. And my thought was like, is this, is this some kind of official thing? Like, cause it's, it's every race or is this like a fan thing? Is this something I'm only hearing because there's no other fans or is this happening every year? Um, and I, I don't know the answers to any of those questions. I could, I could look that up. Um, but I, you know, have a podcast, so I'm crowdsourcing it instead. So you know how like Google will do predictive text based on trending topics. So like if you, typed in mm -hmm. what's with the, it would fill in with 
horn during the swimming event. And it did. Sherry was like, what's with the horn? So it's pacing because if you listen to the horn, it's with every same armed stroke. So not yeah, every. Well, right. But whose? Right. So then I'm like, is that just a general? Because how would a swimmer know if that's and why are there not multiple for each country represented in that in that race, right? So like, otherwise yeah. there would be tons of them going on at the same time. So I think it has something to do with pacing the swimmers, but again, it's only one horn. I don't see why that would make sense. I, I don't know. So help us like out, folks. we're confused. I, I my bet, cause I, I thought about that too. Like, is it some kind of official thing? And then I, I thought like, is okay. Is it just like a last lap thing? And they have to like yeah. stagger it because sometimes they're under the water. And so like they have to make sure that everybody gets a chance to hear the last lap horn while their ears are above water. Is that it? And then and then so now I'm paying attention to this horn. I'm like, nope, it's not just a last lap thing. That's for sure. And the thought crossed my mind, too. Like, well, I made the correlation that it's a like it's a breaststroke, which men are doing the breaststroke these days. That's weird. Um, it was during the, the breaststroke that that I'm hearing it like every time they pop out of the water. I hear the horn go off and but but it only works if you're looking at one person or at the right person doesn't work for any of the rest of them mm. so I don't my best personal theory is that it's just a fan and that's like a thing that happens at swim meets that somebody brings an air horn and does that for their favorite swimmer and I'm just now realizing it yeah I'm I'm pulling up articles and of course there's 14 paragraphs before they'll just answer the question, but it did, it did bring up something. Remember the Vuvuzelas at the world cup. That's what I've been thinking about this whole Years time. Ago? Yeah. And then I thought, is this like the Patriots piping in like fan crowd noise? Is this somebody trying to give a competitive edge? Like you need to be swimming faster or you're, you know, you need to be hitting this rhythm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't paid that much attention. And honestly, when I have had the Olympics on, it's generally been turned down. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't had it super loud and I was watching mostly diving so far. So, um, well, that's not true. But anyways, if you, if we get an answer, I'd love to know. Um, especially if there's any like actual swim experts or swim coaches or something that can chime in. Yeah. Anyway, Well, this is a good time to take a quick break and hear a word from one of our friends in the Odd Pods Media Network. We'll be back with more hilarity after a word. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. We're Married with Television, MarriedWithTV.com. We are a couple of Hollywood normies on the outskirts of the film and TV industry, and we talk about our favorite TV shows, music, and movies, and sometimes they talk back to us. Sometimes they do. Our podcast is Married with Television, one word, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Possibly Amazon soon. And we are a proud member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Married with TV. Married with TV.com. 
So anyway, while we're getting to the bottom of that, <laughs> what other Olympic things? I have one more observation, then I'll shut up about the Olympics because I have been totally enjoying them. Um, this is a, a kudos to to Japan because what we have not been hearing this year is what I feel like I've been hearing the last several Olympics, which is like, oh, the venues weren't quite completed to what they wanted to have them or the standards aren't quite as high as what we sometimes would expect or the villages where people are sleeping are coming apart and the plumbing's not working for half of them and that kind of thing. There has been none of that with yeah. Japan. Um, so I just wanted to say that that has not gone gone unnoticed. I feel like all the venues, like they look pristine. They look beautiful. They look very well done. It's yeah. a shame that there aren't fans in those in the in the seats. Yeah, because uh, that would just make it better. And things that I've heard about the villages, even about the cardboard beds, have been positive. Yeah, that's what Lily was asking. She's like, Dad, how do they, are these new, do they build these buildings just for these events? And if you've listened, much of them are, they're brand new. I mean, but these cities know with how many years in advance that they're going to host? You would think enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, but some of them, it's like, they're like, holy cow, uh, shoot. Yeah. Olympics. They're in a chamber of commerce meeting and they're like, Stacy, wasn't there something else that was supposed crap the Olympics? Yeah, it's it's not a comedy and culture podcast. It's an Olympics. People are paying attention to this. <laughs> well, look, if there's any one thing that benefits the Japanese, it's them working six days a week for like 80 hours a week. And so if anyone can prepare really well for an Olympics, it's it's gonna be the Japanese. So yeah. that work that work ethic pays off for something like this. Yeah, it probably could have just been Colin from the pub who lives in Japan Man. who built really, everything himself. I really want Colin to just run every like track and field event just to see. There's always that guy that's like, I could do that. <laughs> I just go. I want to see that person actually. Uh, I wish I wish I wish that we could have uh, teleportation right now. Yeah. So that way, like people who are sitting in a pub can be like, Bill would just <laughs> would say, I could do three flips off of a diving board. Are you kidding me? And then boom, he's there <laughs> and they teleport him onto the diving board. And <laughs> just looking around, shoot. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's that guy. It's like, you know, if I had a, if we were only playing to, you know, the first, 10 points i could take lebron if i was well rested it's like oh my god <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't score a single time against lebron at all in with any amount of prepper this isn't like a yeah. who wins between batman and a t-rex how much time does batman have to prepare kind of situation this is like there's no there's no situation where these people bsing at a bar or your buddy in the office bsing can ever do what they say they're going to do uh and so i would love it i think it would make the olympics more fun and maybe that would help ratings uh i was curious i don't know if you guys think this is this affected it at all i remember 2008 being one of the first olympics i think that was china beijing being one of the first olympics where social media was so far ahead of reporting everything that it it was it was taking a little win from the sales of people watching the events because they already knew who won however many hours because it was on the other side of the world. And that was in 2008. Yeah. So I'm curious with how, with as many more people are on social media, 
I wonder if that has a part to play in all of this for ratings. Like, and on top of that, they're measuring ratings on traditional networks versus like clips on YouTube and clips on this. And, um, and on top of that, everyone's been locked down for a year and people want to go on vacation. So I'm, I'm, I feel like there's so many external factors for ratings. It's almost like not even worth discussing. Um, And I don't mean between us, but I mean, between like, the people in charge of ratings and NBC or whoever it's like, dude, people are consuming stuff so differently than they were four years, even let alone eight, 12, 16 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Just keep pushing content out to your social media platforms and people will watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of that is trackable. So they, they could put a number together, right? You'd think so. I mean, if people are finding out about gold medal results 12 hours before the event happens because they saw it on Twitter. like No, and- I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm talking about uh, people are watching it differently. They're streaming it from sure. this, that, or the other place. They could literally count who's streaming from this, that, or the other place and add it to the network numbers. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, and then there's other things like Lowcast is an app where you can stream your local channel's like you can stream Columbus, Ohio, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, PBS, you know, it's how many new apps exist or unofficial streams exist that NBC doesn't have access to the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know if they're tracking how many people log into Lowcast and are watching, you know, the Olympics, but you know, it, it's just, it's interesting. I just remember 2008 being the first time I was very aware of knowing what was happening in the Olympics well before it was going to be televised. Yeah. Uh, with the delay and everything from Beijing. So anyways, uh, I've enjoyed what I've watched. So I'm glad that you wanted to bring up the Olympics to chat a bit. Well, continuing with this theme of competition, but perhaps at the other end of the sophistication spectrum, I did something I've always wanted to do. And that is take my son to Monster Jam. (laughs) So so if you don't know what Monster Jam is, and I explained this to our English friend, Jordan, I said, it's basically monster trucks in an arena. And he said, that's the most American thing I've ever heard. He's right. So, yes, it was Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at Nationwide Arena here in Columbus, Ohio. And I took my six year old to Monster Jam and it was everything you'd expect it to be. Uh, (laughs) One one cool interactive feature of the event. They have four main events. The first is just a time trial. Each of the seven monster trucks that are there go as fast as they can around the arena. Um, The Mm -hmm. second is uh, anything they want to do to try to get on two wheels for as long as they can. So front wheels, back wheels, or side wheels. Then they do a halftime where they bring in dirt bikes that do giant ramps uh, over the middle of the arena. The third event is donuts. So they're just spinning out in the dirt. And then the last event is freestyle. They can do whatever they want, right? So for those four main categories from your phone, you rate each driver on a scale of one to 10 and it does a real time um, average to give the actual score for the event. So like everybody's on their phones ranking the the drivers for how well they thought they did, which was which I thought was like a really nice. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a nice touch. Um, But yeah, it was a great, like so many families with little kids and 
Um, it was just a really good time. And I have to say the dirt bikes that they brought in at halftime, these dudes were like letting go of the dirt bike completely in midair and then grabbing it again to land on a giant thing that they inflated during halftime. Jeez. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. So shout out to Nationwide for putting on a great event. It's kind of a sentimental story, but Dylan and I's uncle Kevin took me to a monster truck event at our Allen County fairgrounds when I was about Case's age and Gravedigger was there and was one of my favorite drivers. Um, and Gravedigger was at this event as well. So I bought Case a little tiny Gravedigger truck and Gravedigger ended up winning the whole weekend. So it was like a cool little full circle kind of thing. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Nice. I think that the interactive thing feels like a nice pull from like all these voice shows, singing competition where people can vote live. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, people are going to use their phone anyway. So you might as well find a way to tie it into the event to keep help keep people engaged because it's, it's the same thing college football is dealing with. Like, do we put Wi-Fi in the stands because we know that fans are going to want to be able to access other scores and, and see other, what else is going on in the, on a college football weekend, yada, yada, yada. But yeah. I love that. I love that they incorporated it and just let people vote. Did, did you feel like at any point it was just a fan? Like, I don't know if Gravedigger was really that much better, but I'm vote, I'm jamming the Gravedigger button every time just to vote for him. Yeah, of course that plays into it. And there are some theatrics, like some of the drivers do a little smack talk. And then whoever ends up winning that event of the four gets out and they they yell into the mic. I'm going to, you know, it's a little bit of like the WWE factor, right? Where they're like, <laughs> Thank you, Columbus. Gravedigger's got one foot in the grave, and I'm going to bury him. And they're like, "No, we love Gravedigger." You know? <laughs> it was just, it was really cool. And and at first, case my son, he was kind of scared by. I mean, you have to wear noise canceling headphones because the when they punch it on those monster trucks, it's incredibly loud and reverberates through the arena. So, and of course, they've got the souvenir monster truck tire headphones that light up when the sound happens and the nice. uh, spend $86 on those or whatever it was. Jeez. No, that I made that up. Um, but yeah, he was scared at first at the, just the intensity cause your whole chest rumbles and then, you know, and then he kind of got into it. And then by the end, he's leaning forward, like this is the best. And he wants to go to the next one. And they, they make a lot of the trucks look like, sharks or dogs or you know whatever one of them had a big mohawk down the middle of it yeah and, uh, yeah so it was just a good time well uh, they know their audience a... like just imagine walking into a like a toy store and be like this hot wheel shaped like a snake <laughs> <laughs> it's like they know they're all they know their audience right exactly so. right exactly right so if 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 monster jam ever comes to your town it's it's worth the 50 bucks or whatever per seat just go check it out and it's a really good time that's fun beautiful what you got going on dylan well i so mentioning college football has also it brought up some questions that i have probably more for kendall but we are not very far from the season starting uh it looks like we're going to get a full season this year which is really exciting yeah yeah. but we're not going to try to deep dive the stuff that the analysts are already like deep diving on but i am curious you know, the rankings will whatever and whoever will play whoever and we'll find out as the season goes on. But there's a couple big things that have happened in this offseason that I think are worth at least mentioning. So we've got the name, image and likeness stuff already happening where players are 
signing sort of this these deals with different companies and yeah you've got like barbecue joints that are sponsoring like entire offensive lines and which i think is genius anyway sorry yeah no well we're gonna three things that we can take we can give our take on that's not the espn talking heads uh they were the beginnings of the 12 team playoff were were starting and then we just got realignment and then all of a sudden shakeups started happening and now we know that texas and uh oklahoma are headed to the sec and now people are like, do we need to put the brakes on the realignment or the, the 12 team playoff thing? Because this has got implications, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm super excited for college football. Like I said, we're very close. I'm excited for hopefully full seasons this year and full fans, stadiums jam packed and whatever. But I wanted to at least see if you guys had any thoughts on the name image likeness thing, the realignment or the uh, 12 team playoff. I'm going to be short and sweet and let you guys talk because this is more your, you know, your area. But like, isn't the SEC already stacked enough and you're bringing two powerhouse schools over to them? Like that's that shifts the balance significantly. And at what point do you become a a monopoly of a of a division? Well, and the SEC is already huge. Like just there's like 90 schools in the SEC now. It's crazy. Anyway. Uh, officially 14, this will make 16. Well, I mean, the give first, or take the first 16 team conference, yeah, give or take nine, give or take 75. Yeah, well, and there's there it, it, you could go as deep into the discussion as you wanted because there's the ties between the SEC and ESPN, and so there's like this is this really just a play at ESPN trying to take over all of college football and to destroy the NCAA as a governing body? And we just have the super conferences who make their own rules. Like there's all these yeah. sort of like all this speculation swirling around. Um, even if you're not looking at any of that, like is ESPN trying to take over college football or is the SEC trying to kill the NCAA? Uh, Oklahoma and Texas are two huge schools that are going to be big fan bases and lots of money joining an already loaded conference. Um, and some Big Ten fans and not SEC fans will say, well, it's top heavy. Whether that's true or not, they've gotten a lot more national titles recently than any other conference. So say what you want to say. Maybe it really is only three or four teams in the SEC and the depth isn't even that strong. Either way, you're adding two schools then that are at least mid-tier programs, mm-hmm. if not top, adding to the strength of the top heaviness. I was going to say, yeah, they're they're both schools that uh, – their quality wins if you win against them, even right. if they're not contending. Even a 500 Texas who who is going to go six and six otherwise, if you beat Texas as, and and that's one of your wins, that's going to be viewed more favorably than beating Arkansas or Vandy or Tennessee or South Carolina or one of those schools. <laughs> yeah, for people in the Big Ten, and I'm not ashamed to say this, Texas and Michigan are almost like parallel stories. Right. Very well storied school with a fantastic history um, that has been struggling what has now been a long time. Yeah. Uh, But even still, I mean, you know, if Illinois beats Michigan, that's a big deal still. Yeah. Even on a down year, it doesn't matter. That's still worth something, you know, because the recruiting classes should always, in theory, equal a good team. And so what the analysts are always going to argue is, 
well, the talent is there that they should be a competitive program. If the coaching isn't there, then, you know, ultimately it should still be a good team. So yeah, I, the name image, image, image likeness thing is interesting because basically for anyone listening this far, that isn't in the know college athletes can now make money uh, based on their name, image, and likeness. So if, Joe quarterback wants to sign up with Wheaties and be on the box and they want to pay him. He's allowed to do that. Now there's no more tattoo gate for Ohio state where players are trading stuff for tattoos or um, there, none of that kind of stuff anymore. Players can get paid to represent a company. Um, and some of these, some of these are really interesting. You're going to hear stories about kids that are doing stuff that already sounds kind of shady because those stories are already out there. And then you're going to hear one where it's like, Kane's chicken is endorsing the quarterback at Clemson because of course, you know, and it's like, you're going to hear those stories too. Um, It's fast. What's fascinating is we're in the wild West of this phase. And at some point, somebody has got to put some rules around this. Like some of these kids are going to be making more than the coaches that are ordering them around. And certainly the professors that are telling them what to do. Yeah. Uh, So now like OSU quarterbacks don't have to wait to get cut from a practice squad uh to start to start selling cars on radio commercials right sure <laughs> uh, make whatever money you want to make uh at this point and yeah uh, it's it's the wild west for getting paid they as can, a college athlete they can they can make their sponsorship money while people still know who they are <laughs> there you go there you go total bonus he's jabbing us dylan he's jabbing <laughs> us i know I'm hey it's been a long decade plus for me yeah i'm gonna take jabs where i find them yeah if as long I, as tom as long as tom brady is playing football i feel confident yeah if i could think of any michigan players worth mentioning to take a jab at i would but there aren't any so um so anyways uh so that's been fun the 12 team playoff thing uh i i was leaning eight until something just changed started to change my mind uh i was leaning eight teams and, and somebody was discussing how if you go to 12 and now you're talking about potentially getting some greater five teams in, uh, you know, so let's say somebody like a, 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 a Cincinnati that's 12 and one, somebody like that. If you go to 12 and the first four teams have a first round by, you're not immediately blowing out the teams that just made it into the playoff. And that was the first time somebody had made an argument that I went, Okay, now that's the first intriguing argument somebody has made for why I would want 12 and not eight. First four, your best four team, typically the top teams really are two or three teams look really good. And then the rest of them are pretty similar. And that was the first time I went, okay, if this could actually allow a little bit of parity among outside of the top couple conferences, that might actually be intriguing for me. To yeah. where somebody like Cincinnati could come in and play the fifth ranked team, potentially win because they might be two loss. Cincinnati might win, make it one more round and still look pretty good. And so uh, I don't know. I just that was the first time I had wanted to budge off of eight teams. And uh, I like the argument. Kendall, do you have any preference? No, I mean, I generally think the more the merrier. Um it's uh in in any case i'll take any kind of playoff at this point um i just i think that you have to have the possibility for cinderella stories 
Um, and there's something about about a playoff that feels less legitimate if that if that possibility is not there. So I would want to extend it to 12 teams um, for that reason alone. Just give somebody give more more teams a shot. That's basically it. So the the Boise States and the Cincinnati's, um, I feel like each year there's not just one, but there's two, three, four of those teams every year that that I feel like should have a shot. Like we don't know how good they are because nobody will test them. Yeah. That's how I feel. And it's grown to a point now um, where it's no longer just a one-off team. It's there's several of them every year now. Yeah. And And that's, that's the piece Kendall that's compelling about March madness, right? Because you could start, as this no-name team, one of the many, what is it, 68 by the time you have your first couple right. games? 68 teams that work their way all, I mean, that, that Cinderella story, right? And so, yeah, it's really interesting, and it's an interesting time to, I'm glad they're mixing it up and that, that it's they're willing to reevaluate some of these things. But Dylan, to your point, it is going to be the Wild West with the image and likeness stuff. And it's going to be an experiment with the amount of teams, but I think over time it's only going to grow. Um, I think it, it's interesting, but they got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And the and these two things are related, and that the image and likeness stuff could uh, could take what what uh, television in cable has done um, for some of the smaller conferences and and luring big time players who wouldn't start at Ohio state because there's too much talent there, but they can go to Bowling green and have a hell of a career and get drafted just the same. Um, That, uh, that, that the way that that playing field has started to kind of level out image and likeness now put dollar signs in front of them. And, and that could make that level playing field start to teeter back toward the, the bigger schools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And as far as realignment, there's still rumors out there that the Big Ten or the Pac-12 might pick up some schools. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's been rumblings that the, if the Big 12 crumbles, maybe the Big Ten would be interested. Um, but there's a lot of money on the line, and there's way more on the Internet about that than we need to get into. So uh, I was just very excited because we're getting very close to the college football time. And so I had to at least ask because some of these NIL contracts that these kids are signing, it's like, a third tier player at Tennessee signing a $600,000 deal. It's <laughs> like, Whoa, you're not, even, <laughs> you're not, you're nobody like, but you know, somebody who's paying you a lot of money. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's the hand is a foot. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of getting paid for sponsorships, quick shout out so that we don't do it right at the end. Um, shout out to Stello Mints and Artius man. Stello Mints is our newest uh, partner. And we're super excited to work with them. They are CBD mints in a small tin, um, 30 mints in a tin, and uh, five milligrams of hemp extract each. They just are enough to just sort of take the edge off. Perfectly legal. Three awesome flavors. Go to Stello Mints, S-T-E-L-L-O, mints.com, and use promo code THEMIDDLE at checkout to get 10% off of all of your orders. And then our favorite men's grooming line, Artius Man, for really good beard oils and beard balms and shampoos and candles. Um, that's Artius Man, A-R-T-I-U-S-M-A-N.com. Use promo code, again, the middle at checkout to get 25% off 
your first order. So thank you to both of those guys. We love working with you. And I'm not cutting us off because I know that Dylan has a few more things he wants to talk about in the world of sports. One of our favorite shows, Ted Lasso. You just started watching. You talked about it recently and we started watching it, my wife and I, uh, on Apple TV Plus, if you don't know where it is. Honestly, I think I said this to you yesterday, Corey, this show is worth getting a trial of Apple TV Plus just to watch Ted Lasso. Like season one is on there. There's two episodes of season two on there as of this moment. And it is so good. Like it's, I just, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. And uh, you talked about this a long time ago, and I've talked about this uh, the couple prequel series to this. A uh, long way round, long way down, uh, were you and McGregor and Charlie Borman docu series where they travel the world on motorcycles. Apple TV Plus has the third series, Long Way Up, and so as soon as now that we're caught up on Ted Lasso, I can't wait to watch Long Way Up. So if you need a few more recommendations because we haven't done enough of that recently, <laughs> for sure, watch Ted Lasso. And uh, check out the long way series, long way round first, long way down second, long way up third. Do you think people go like, do these guys do anything else like, other than just stream stuff? Hey, <laughs> that used to be me every every week on this podcast, calling you guys out for that. Yeah, but and some people is- thought I was being too mean, so. <laughs> What do you think it is, Dylan? Because so many people are raving about Ted Lasso. Like, it's what do you think it is since it's fresher in your mind? It's been a while since I've watched season one. Yeah, I, I think I think Ted Lasso is like the American slash the America we want to believe is still there. Like that, the you can you can um you just got to work hard, have a good positive attitude, believe in people. You're going to get doubted, but that's okay. Like we're just, it's that like, I, I think we all think like the, the, the lovable global citizen, like, Oh, those Americans, they're cocky sometimes, but they're still lovable. And that's like what Ted Lasso is like, you know, (laughs) I, I think it's that like, we're, we always will find the optimism um, even if we don't find it in each other, I think we'll find it in whatever situation. The eternal mm-hmm. optimist, hard worker, you know, I, I'll believe in miracles, but we're gonna fight till the end. And I it's just it's so good. And it's and it's funny because the very basic premise, an American coach with no soccer experience is hired to become a football slash soccer coach in the UK with no experience. Um, to a struggling team into a struggling team and uh and and still finds a way to kind of connect with the players and the team leadership and um and and sort of that american vibrant spirit is about him at all times kind of the lovable he's not an idiot i mean it's not that but he's the kind of lovable goofball but but still knows how to work hard and and what he's trying to accomplish. And so I think it's what Jason Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis is the the main actor. Yeah. And I think it's what we all want to believe in ourselves is like one of those definitions of like the American spirit. Yeah. Yeah. We all tend to believe that, you know, as an American, if I, even if I don't know anything about it, I could still go somewhere else and do it better. (laughs) Basically. That's my takeaway. Well, it's, I feel like who is it? Is it, there's a comedian that does a bit about New Yorkers 
moving out of New York City to other places because they feel like as as the song goes, they made it New York, they could make it anywhere. And so they like stumble upon a small town, they move to a small town, they're like, Well, I guess I'm the mayor now. <laughs> and then gets lost the next day because he goes out looking for a vegan bagel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's that's super funny. Uh, that you say that because I was thinking about that exact sort of thing because in, if you didn't I didn't if you haven't watched the show that's what it would feel like the American can go in goes in and feels like he'll do the thing better than anyone else could but and, and the great thing is once you watch it though you find out that's not the spirit he has it's like I'm going to do the things that I do well as a coach but I admit that I do, I'm not an expert on soccer but yeah, I know how to get through to people Right. And I, and I know how to inspire people. And so it's so funny though. Cause I thought that's kind of what was my thinking was about the show. Like, <laughs> Oh, of course the American can just step into the UK and become a phenomenal soccer coach. Well, that's, that's the joke. Like I don't suspect that anybody would make that parody. Um, I just think it's funny to mention that parody. Yeah. All. It's, it was perfect. Perfect. And who's the assistant? What's the assistant coach's name? He cracks me up, man. I don't know. It's so honestly, the whole cast is great. There's not a weak link in the cast. Yeah. Um, so well done. Strongly recommend Ted Lasso for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. Go get your Apple TV Plus subscription yeah. turned on for for a week or two and go binge it. I have a bunch of new uh, uh, survivalist and outdoorsy sort of uh, YouTube channels I've stumbled on, but I'll save those for another time. This has been a really fun one, you guys. Um, so catch us next week on from the middle. We out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.